Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. I'm Beatrice Murad, and today I'm joined by Michelle Ander. Hello. And April Collins. Hi there. Today we will be discussing the third episode of Fruits Basket, Let's Play Rich Man, Poor Man, exclamation point. I feel like all these titles have exclamation points. Uh, warning. They're very excited. They're very. I feel like it's <laughs> yeah. just all Toru just being very excited and I'm like all for it. Um, warning, exclamation point. Uh, it, spoilers for everything that has aired up to this point. Some of us have read the manga. Some of us have seen, some of us have seen like the original anime, but don't worry. We won't be spoiling anything beyond episode three. Um, and you can find out more about this podcast at overlyanimated.com. You can subscri- subscribe to us on iTunes at overlyanimated.com slash iTunes. You can find us on Spotify now, which I highly recommend because the interface is so great and nice. And you can also find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash overlyanimated. Okay, so guys, episode three, give me your general thoughts. Did you like this episode? Yes. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more. I mean, I feel like this episode did a really good job of balancing both Yuki and Kyo and and allowing Toto to kind of like just see their different perspectives on themselves and also on each other, which I feel like kind of was like more or less like what I thought was happening with them. Like they're both kind of jealous of each other and insecure, but don't realize the plums on their backs. And that's, I mean, we kind of knew that, but it's nice to have that solidified for sure. Lots of wisdom through Toru. Lots of wisdom. So much wisdom. Bestowed. Like, at least two big things, which, like, I was like, wow, we got another one. Like, the first one I'm still chewing on. Here's this plum one now, too. (laughs) It was all good, though. I definitely liked this episode. Lots of good comedy beats, too. Yeah. Yeah. April, what about you? No, I liked this episode as well. Um, don't really have any, I guess, huge complaints about it. Um, but I think that's kind of like, it's nice that there was like a sort of like a moral of the story kind of thing. And then I think uh, I agree with um, Michelle that they did a really good job at like balancing out, um, I guess, Toru's time between Kyo and Yuki and getting both of those perspectives because um, something that I guess I was going to, I was slightly worried about was that, like, we would only get, like, one side, I guess, of the relationships. Like, they would focus more on, like, Toru and Yuki versus Toru and Kyo. And so I felt like this episode did a really good job at, like, balancing out and getting to, like, what their sort of situation is. Like, how, again and again, like, how they feel about themselves and each other and, like, their, sort of their place within the family. So I thought that was really nice. And I definitely agree that there's a lot of really good, like, comedy beats in this episode as well. Uh, so especially like at the beginning I just think that's really great and it's also like really nice to see Kyo's like I guess fit into like the school life of things I don't know how much time has sort of passed between like last episode and this one but it's just nice because he like like he has a cute little nickname and everything I have like (laughs) all that nickname like my 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 general thoughts are literally just bullet points of things that aren't really important to our discussion but need to be pointed out and one of them is kyon kyon like that nickname is the greatest thing and i just oh man like kyon kyon just the attack of the cats that little detail wonderful and just like also like rat yuki like walking on his hind legs is just brilliant i'm just like this is all like 
wonderful. <laughs> I love the episode, obviously, but also like they just need to be pointed out. They may not fit with our conversation, but they just are things we need to speak. It needs to be said. We have to talk about um, <laughs> But no, but I agree. I think the episode was very efficient in it, the, the entire these three episodes have been very efficient so far in like establishing peop, characters and establishing relationships like that first scene at school was so like we were just so quick to like get the dynamic of the classroom like maybe these are characters that we may not necessarily know the name their names and they may not be super important but now we get the how the classroom dynamics work and just so fa- quickly and efficiently and we get now like okay where's Kion's place like like where's Kyo's place wow Kion like that like see that nickname so great where's like <laughs> Kyo's place like in all this like where like where does Yuki stand and all this like where what like how does Toru fit into everything where do her friends fit it was just very very well executed um I I don't know if I don't know where I'd like I'd rank this episode versus like the other two um, I feel like I like this one a little better just because there is a bit, a bit of a balance. Like when I first watched it, I thought it was very Yuki centric. But then when I watched it again, I was like, mm. no, it's not. Mm-hmm. It's it's very balanced. I just like there was like a space of time between Kyo be- before coming back to Kyo. So I was like interested. Interesting how the how I felt like the I had to watch it again to really be like, oh, OK, I catch the flow a bit more. Um, but, but yeah, I just. I don't know, like, so far I feel like they're all pretty equal, but, yeah. um... I think what's nice yeah. about this one, too, is, like, it just seems very, like, natural, yeah. if that makes any kind of sense. Like, yeah. I, I realize, like, in the first two episodes, like, we were doing a lot of, like, okay, we're establishing, like, the lay of the land kind of um, situation, and, but, like, even after, like, coming out of that, like, we're still getting a lot of, like, that good, really good, like, characterization, but also, like, it's it seems like to happen very naturally. Whereas um, a lot of the times, like it's almost, it feels forced. Whereas this is like, we're just like naturally like figuring out like how like Kyo feels about like Yuki. And we're just like naturally like happening upon like how Yuki feels about Kyo. And like, there's none of that like, we're like we're like sitting down and Toru goes, So Yuki, why do you hate Kyo? Like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? your past exactly. trauma. Like or yeah. like, you know, like or it's it's also not very like in a heated moment kind of situation right. too. Like which I feel like happens right. in a lot of anime where they're just like, I don't understand what your problem with Kyo is. Like, why right. would you tell me why you hate Yuki? Like there it was it was none of that. It was just like it was just like them naturally like bonding and opening up to Toru. And I think that's very like nice and refreshing and i think it sets a really good tone for this show overall yeah i mean there are there is a lot of like monologuing i do think that there is a lot of like they do have like the moment of like okay well like you i mean like toru will be like very like um like gentle like it's not in a heated moment but it is basically like the same thing where it's like you do have like a conversation where one of where one character ends up monologuing and then tells like their like some bit of information about their backstory or whatever. Yeah. So you do have that, but it's like, it's not, it's not amped up. It feels more natural because it's just a conversation between two people that want to get to know each other better versus mm-hmm. like, it, it, versus like, it's like two people voluntarily opening up versus like being forced to like accidentally spilling everything out in word vomit in the heat of a moment. Yeah. So or like, even like having like those moments like, oh, I've said too much kind of situation. Right, right. Like, again, like, like yeah, it, it does happen, but it feels kind of like a cliche trap 
at this yeah. point. So it's probably in the show's best interest that they're staying away from that. Right, right. You know, and, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe, like, if, I don't know. I Again, I don't remember much of the manga, so it's been a while. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if later on there will be, like, there might be, like, a moment where people fight and it might that might happen. But that, like, it, it's kind of like we're getting, like, a down, like, a watered-down version where it's, like, just everyone's just calm and at peace except for Kyo. But, like, he, when he's talking about himself, he's more at peace. So it's like, okay, that's good. Yeah. Um, but there is a lot of monologuing and internal stuff, which is like, it's interesting because in, in usually it works in manga form, but usually in anime, you either cut that stuff out or you don't. Because I remember, I think I remember listening. I didn't watch, but I did hear the podcasts of Promise Neverland. And I, and I remember, I think, Michelle, you were the one who said uh-huh. this, that like a lot of stuff like got cut. Like a lot of the experiences yeah. in the internet got cut out mm-hmm. because it was just all monologue and we didn't and like internal monologue that we don't see in the show. But this show is like not trying to like shift away from it. They're like fully on like, no, we're going to embrace the internal monologues because we want you to really think about what these characters are thinking which is oh interesting so like they made a conscious choice to take a lot of internal thoughts that say yuki or kyo were having and to flesh them out into actual conversations with toru so that we didn't i know i I mean that she's comparing how like in promise neverland you had mentioned in the manga they cut out they cut out almost all of the internal monologues that were there Mm -hmm. for the anime whereas like with this with uh, fruits baskets, they're not really cutting that out. Like we're still yeah. getting all of that internal, like mo- like monologue and like what's going on inside their heads, kind of situation. And I think the, the like the difference between the two is that like Promise Neverland had other things like to, to go for, on, yeah, yeah, to focus on. And like I mean, it's a little bit I don't know, like I guess more dramatic if that's the right word. And so it's it's like it's easier for them to like, they made like a hard decision to cut all of it out. Whereas like this one, it really add and, and the story played out very nicely without it. Whereas like with this show, taking out a lot of that internal monologue, like, what would you be sacrificing it for? Nothing. You You might as well leave it. That's true. Yeah. That's a a good point. Cause like, Neverland's like a lot more like, well, at least you got that good plot going on. But Fruits Basket is so much like a character's first plot. Really background second yeah. kind of a show that <laughs> that would be such a terrible decision. So that's true. You lose a lot more with something like Fruits Basket. So, yeah. well, I'm glad that we're not losing anything because this is all good, good stuff to chew on. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Well, let's get into like more specifics of the episode. Um, I really am interested in this kind of juxtaposition between Yuki and Kyo. I think the sh- episode, like the show, like so far with the show, but also with this episode in particular, they did a really good job, like showing, like it's so, like, sh- like we knew it, but it's so nice to, like, they just did a really good job of like really making it clear that, like, both the jealousy that each character has for each other and then also seeing mm. Toru like mm-hmm. figuring it out and like kind of like understanding things they also like that Toru like doesn't just like blurt it out to them like immediately she's just like thinking it to herself because you don't think like I'm gonna st- psychoanalyze you and then tell you what I'm thinking in the process <laughs> she's not doing that she's like oh yeah. like, they really are jealous of each other and then it, and then like makes takes note of like different things eventually but I really like this kind of juxtaposition. I want to talk about each, both characters in particular. Like, okay, like, Kyo is jealous of Yuki's ability to be good at everything. Um, he, 
and he has this like the first time that we see it is like in the beginning of the episode he runs away after the cat attack which again was wonderful and we get this like (laughs) oh it was it was so great i just where did all the cats come from when when the cat meow was it Toru? And she's like, oh, it's just like acknowledge this like meme looking cat. And it's like, <laughs> oh, it's a cat Neko-san or like whatever she says. It's just it just makes the joke even better. No, yeah. And I love how like also like the the guy, like one of the guys was like, yo, but you never told us what's with the cats. Yeah. <laughs> like cats <laughs> running out of the room, which is like great. Um, I like that like the actual like characters that usually like in any other anime would just have like a faceless like just it would be a faceless body that's just around in the background they actually are like aware of the creepiness of what's happening they're like wait why are there cats here like which i yeah. really appreciated um but yeah so we get this like interesting flashback to like um to them like when they were kids and like like that rat children were always special and then the cat children aren't and then with Yuki, we have this thing where, like, he's jealous of Kyo. And we just, it's a, this really interesting juxtaposition because it's a theme that I didn't really think about much. But it's, like, the show's been very clear about introducing nature versus nurture. Which is, like, are they born this way? Like, are they, ca- like, are they, is it, like, in, is their destiny as, like, the cat and the rat inescapable? Or is it, like, they were, bo- they were taught to think this way? Right? And I'm just, like, really curious. I definitely think that, like, I'm really getting the impression that, like, they were taught to think this way versus, like, this is a natural thing for them. And I think that, because I was kind of feeling that way last episode, and I'm, like, feeling it even more so now. Because they even have, like, the flashbacks where they're just like, oh, the rat children are always special. Like, too bad you can't. Is it mothers? Do you think it's, like, parents who are saying this? Well, they're adults either way. Like, it doesn't matter. I mean, it would matter more if it was, like, mothers or whoever. But, like, they're still adults and they're still saying, like, these sort of, like, cruel things out loud to these children. Just, like, reinforcing it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, I want to see, like, extremely tiny Kyo and Yuki, like, just being adorable and being cute together. Like, because they were probably, like, got along and then... Did they? have we don't we don't know but yeah well that's the other thing too like we don't know but it seems like they also started at an extremely young age and instilling like these terrible beliefs into each of them and so like like no wonder like it just like makes sense like the more that we see of it and like the more we get these kind of like flashbacks like the more it makes sense and then i feel like also like at a certain point, like, maybe they did get along, but we may never see that because, like, they're so focused on, like, the negative ones because that's all that they've been kind of exposed to. Right, right. Mm. Michelle, where do you stand in, like, the this this whole, like, theme, thematic theme of, like... The nature nurse. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree with both of you. I think it's definitely a thing that they want to explore. And, like, clearly, I think, like, the nurture has, right. like, so much more to do with it than the nature. And the... The thing that I think is really interesting is this kind of shows you that, like, either side you're on of that treatment, they both hate it, right? Right, like, yeah. Joe hates this idea that he's not worth as much as any of the other Zodiac members, but especially because he's always, like, put in, like, comparison to Yuki specifically that he's not as special or as good or as worthy of anything as Yuki is because Yuki's always been really good at being a leader and like learning things quickly and so he really resents that about him because it makes him feel like well my self-worth is like on the line I need to 
I need to beat you to become like a full-fledged person, basically, at least in the eyes of the Zodiac. Whereas Yuki's like, okay, if I'm like extra special, I'm probably being scrutinized like tenfold by the like head honcho of Soma. And I hate that too, because I don't want all this responsibility and I don't want you controlling my life. And so I'm going to try extra hard to get away from all this. And when he fails to do that, even when he gets out of the main house, like he, he says in this episode, he's like, I'm still in a Soma house. Like I'm still kind of basically under their control. And like, I hate that. That, that like, I think it's like just as sad in a way, like neither of them are happy and it has everything to do with these roles that have been thrust upon them by the Soma clan. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, but that's like, that's like a whole four, like it's, it's bigger than them. And we haven't really gotten to know many of the other members yet, but I feel like that's the thing that's going to really come into play. And I've forgotten already how like the other anime even dealt with that, but like definitely that's the thing that's on the table. But yeah, I do think this idea of like, this is what's expected of you. This is what we believe to be real. Like, I think Toru's totally going to throw that, like, out the window and slowly dismantle it for everyone over time. And I'm so excited to see <laughs> those ladders break down. Down with the Soma clan. Down, <laughs> down with roles. Down with forest upon roles. Um, yes. <laughs> okay, well, here's something interesting that I kind of just thought about. Do you think, like, Kyo, like, from the very beginning, is constantly fighting this this idea like he's constantly trying to beat yuki right so he's constantly trying to prove people wrong whereas yuki kind of kind of feel is a little bit defeatist he kind of is always he just thinks like uh, people are gonna fight like ex- at least before toru came into play he just like was like people will find will think i'm gross if they ever know the truth about me like i will like he i don't know like he's always kind of like in a way because it, there's this very interesting parallel with the way the Soma clan has treated him and also the way, like, the school treats him. Because the school also puts him on a pedestal. They're like, oh, like yeah. the, when the girl mm-hmm. rejects him, she's like, you're nice to everyone, but you're closed off to others. Everyone says it. So it's like, it's he's, like, not only is he being treated special, but he's also being forced into this, like, people are forcing these ideas onto Yuki that are, like, in a way like trapping him they're like he i can i can understand if he feels so claustrophobic because he feels like so limited like i'm either the prince so i can't get too close to anyone and everyone's shutting me out and then i'm the rat so i'm special to everyone in the in the family and i'm being shut out so it's like this constant for sure there's this huge parallel between how the school treats him and how the family treats him and within that like i feel like he's kind of has a self-defeatist attitude that kind of plays off well with kyo which is like you know when he went all he has to do, like, is play. Like, I think when they were like, "Oh, you should have played with us," and he's like, "No," like he he does he decides to not play rich man, poor man, and it's like, okay, well, that is that because he like had it been killed in that situation, he probably would have like charged in there and like ruined the game because he probably would have been like too hot headed about it, but he would have gone in there. Whereas Yuki didn't. He like it was there is this kind of interesting kind of the way both of them are responding to this treatment of themselves. Granted, you Kyo isn't being treated as like, isn't like no one in, at the school knows of his like, of, of his cat role. They're just like, oh, Kyo, you're just crazy. But they love him anyway. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. it's but with Yuki, it's very a clear. A lot about it's- why 
Kyo so much more approachable. And I honestly think, like, the way they're treated by others, like, it's one, reinforced by their own actions, but two, it's, like, how they view themselves directly relates to how people view them too because like Kyo he he's a very fallible seeming person he has a lot of very obvious flaws and I think that's part of the appeal for a lot of people they're like oh look like that silly guy like oh you said the wrong thing again or he gets so hot-headed like that's weirdly approachable and humanizing whereas Yuki is so perfect seeming you can't like touch that like how do you get to know someone you can't really identify with because they feel so above you whereas like so his seeming infallibility is i think like what keeps people from getting closer to him and then he just reinforces that by already being socially awkward and and not knowing how to like start whereas kyo's like he's much more approachable because he's very imperfect and i think that's like super interesting too he's like more human yeah totally yeah like the like yuki you know he's the prince and so like it's it's really interesting too because even like the Prince Yuki fan club, like one of their rules or whatever, or like whenever they they're like, like really writing, be friends with yeah. him, yeah, they're like you can't be friends with rule. him, and I'm like that's so, like that's so <laughs> odd. Like, wouldn't you want to be friends with him? It, it's mm-hmm. just like really really crazy, and so like it's almost like it it totally plays into like what you're saying though is like you know he's like perfect and everything, and like that's how everyone treats him, but then like no one wants to go near him and like be, I, is it like everyone else's own like insecurity because they just don't want to be compared to like perfection because like I can understand where that would be like really intimidating but but again like and then like he's perfection and so it's very intimidating whereas Kyo's like totally flawed and like he's I guess like more outward about it and like just sort of owns it too because I think that's like his competitive nature like playing Mm -hmm. into it like and the other thing too is like with Kyo he didn't really want to play the game and then they were like you're gonna play it with us and he's like they goaded him into it yeah Yeah, he's like I don't really want to play and they're like you're gonna play with us and like that's gonna be it and then like he has a great time for for on it you know whereas like no one would ever do that to Yuki and that's like that's sad that like they wouldn't try to like exclusively like include him like that so and I again and that just plays into like the like perfection versus flawed like roles that they've been set into right no yeah totally and I also find it interesting you know how like I mean you know like cats maybe they're like people everyone may not, loves cats. everyone loves cats but <laughs> the rats cats. you see a rat and then people are just like that it's just i find also that really interesting how it's like yuki is seen as like perfection even though like rats aren't seen as perfect they're seen as vernum right mm-hmm. so it's kind of like they're seen as like the That's thing true. they have to carry disease they all the stuff so it's kind of like in a way it's like is this also like unconsciously they're like they want to be away from him? Does he fear that they're disgusted in him because partly because of how people see rats? All I'm saying is justice for rats is what I'm saying. Justice for rats. I mean, no, granted, hashtag like if I found podcast, I mean, justice for rats. <laughs> I mean, please don't forget to retweet hashtag <laughs> justice for rats. Justice for Not Yuki all and his rats. rats. Not no. all rats. Um, but yeah, so that's, I think, something really, like, interesting that they're doing. And I found the parallel with, like, how Yuki's treated at home and at school to be really interesting. I was like, okay, they're, he's feeling this isolation on all fronts. 
And it's I feel like how weird. heartbreaking would mm-hmm. that have been to mm-hmm. like go like he left the Soma clan's choice of like school choice, went to a co-ed school in defiance and it still happened to him. Like it's still he still finds himself being isolated. And I just find it to be so tragic. I'm like this poor boy. Poor Yuki is all I'm poor saying. Guy. Yeah. It- I feel like that's why he especially is the kind of person who needs somebody to recognize that he's not okay and to push him to confront that stuff, yeah. which is what yeah. Toru is really good at. Because at the end, he's finally like, you know what? Next time I will play the rich man, poor man game. Like, I'll actually take the initiative because it does look fun. And I was scared before, but, like, I think that's something I can handle doing. Yeah. And that's great. Him being able to socialize himself is, like, a really big step. But it's really important. And I don't mm-hmm. think he would have done that if he hadn't had Toru to push him to talk about it. Because he does also have that weird line where he's like, uh, like I don't know what he says, but he like genders it. And he's like, boys like shouldn't oh, like say we'll get to oh, the, Look, we're going to yeah. get to the gender talk. We will get to that. gender thing? Because I will, okay. I have, I have thoughts on this. But, um, <laughs> but before we get to that, let's focus okay. on some, let's, let's focus on a lo- something a little positive, which is Toto brings like, there's another kind of lesson slash theme that's into this that I didn't even like, it's like, I don't know if people think this. And I and maybe I'm like, oh, like, that. this is like a very interesting kind of thing. And it's the, it's the subject, the subject's kindness. And it's like, okay, so here you have this question that, that, that again, and once again, of course, Yuki would take something like kindness and like think he's the worst from it. He's like, no, I'm not kind. I'm just selfish. I'm just doing this so people like me. And it's like, that's really, that's an interesting take. It's like, is it selfishness? Is it selfless? Like, this is like, I don't know. I just, I found, I found this really interesting how, and it really just highlights how disgusted he is in himself. That even when he's like nice, he thinks that he's like the worst. And it's just so sad. Um, it's, and- it's so interesting that he, I guess, ended up that way too, because like, it seems like, like growing up and everything like that like he's you know like he's the rat he's so special and all of this stuff but then like he like sits there and thinks that he's so flawed like typically when you've been sort of like overly praised that way you come out very like i'm trying to yeah (laughs) like super like self-assured like very like overconfident um even and i was those are better phrases than what I was going to say. But um, but yeah, and so it's just interesting that he he's come out of this with like so much insecurity and that he feels like people like won't like him unless he's nice to them. And I mean, which is clearly like not true because, you know, like Kyo is not nice to people, but yeah, everyone loves him and they're naturally attracted <laughs> yeah. to him. <laughs> so and then it, he's just, getting better okay he is he really is oh yeah he stops himself after he yeah, shouts he's yeah, like he no i didn't quieter. mean that and i'm like, like progress but like i just can't imagine being in like that state of mind where you think that because you're being nice to people you're being selfish like how how do you get there <laughs> i just don't well, know like what messed up childhood did you have to where you're like oh well if i'm nice to people then I'm really just being selfish because well, that's I'll what just, that is. Think, yeah. yeah, go I think ahead. For Jay. him, it's probably a case where he he feels like because he's not getting a, a, a human connection, 
his like pleasant demure is like a facade, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, well, if I like say the right thing and I smile and seem charming, they're gonna like me, but they don't know me. So that right. inherently right. feels like a performance and thus is fake and I'm a sham. I think the thing he's just lacking is the other side of that exchange where he feels like somebody actually knows him and understands him and that he has a real connection. So without that, it's just like no matter what he does, it's not going to really feel real to him. And it's going to slap him in uh, the face when he realizes uh, that he's been a real a-hole to Kyo in front of Toru. And she still likes him. (laughs) Well, I mean, here's the thing. Like, also, like, it's interesting how it's like, because again, it's like he, the girl said, like, he's nice to everyone, but he's closed off. So maybe it's not even like... He, he, the way he thinks people like him is convoluted. The way he thinks like, oh, people will like me if I'm just nice to them. But that niceness isn't, um, nice does not equal, what's that word? Genuineness? Yeah. You know, because he's like, if he's like, like, if he doesn't keep it real with you and he doesn't like open himself, I guess he just doesn't know how to open himself up, I guess is the problem. Like he just doesn't know how to make that connection. And the, and the, and the only person who's truly been able to connect with him is Toto, and it's for that very reason. Because he doesn't show only his nice side. He shows all yeah. sides of himself. Mm-hmm. But um, something and also... And the only reason he was willing to do that with her is because like she, she kind of demolished this idea that oh, I can't remember the person's name, the one who told him, the sneaky person we haven't seen revealed yet, Akiko? who was like... Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. like, Akito was like, yo, you're a rat. That's scary. No one would really like you if they found that out. So I feel like up until Toru, the reason he couldn't connect to, to other human people was because he's like, well, if they find out the truth, they'll hate me. So I need to keep them at a distance, like, so that the seeker doesn't get out. Right. But yeah. clearly, if it worked for one person, it could work for more people. So that's, like, the next step he has to take. Like, not only can I be genuine, but, like, you know, trusting that they're not going to hate me for being a rat's, like, part of that, too, probably. Right, right. And not just that, but I also think his his kind of um, wariness with kindness is probably because a lot of mm-hmm. people have probably been nice to him because he's so good at everything for their own, like, for their own, like, um... What's that word? Their like their own desire to like be nice, be friends with the popular kid in school, or like be like the mm-hmm. popular kid's girlfriend, or if it's like within the family, it's like oh, I want to like like I don't know because it sounds like the Soma clan like is very I'm- complicated and like very big, <laughs> and they have. I feel like there's like a hierarchy, and they all want to get like I feel like everyone wants to get super close to Akito and get super jealous. I'm just thinking well, of these like very complex like-, like nobility or like emperor families <laughs> like in both sides, uh, like you know, like the how like there will be like five like wives and then one guy and then they all like are fighting to get to like the most powerful or something i'm going like full-on game of thrones oh my god but like yeah i I feel like probably like the only kindness that he's ever probably witnessed with his family comes from like a selfish place like there his family is probably only nice to him and um because if they're He's not the nice to him, then they'll suffer the wrath of Akito. So I feel like that's right. probably he why like he, 
Yeah. So I feel like that's probably why, like, they, like, he has that interpretation because, like, probably the only, like, kindness that he's gotten is because, like, under threat kind of thing. Not because they genuinely like him, but because, like, they have to be nice to him. Right. And I think that's, like, the worst. Even if that's not true, like, there's no way he could know if it was true or not, right? And that doubt is enough to make him not get close to them anyway and probably there's probably even more manipulation behind it too because probably akito's like i have to keep yuki all to myself and no one can get close to him because that just seems like his i'm like totally villainizing this person i know like we don't know but like maybe I mean, maybe, but I mean, there's also like that whole thing where, like, you know, the, the, I, again, I don't know if they're moms or if they're caretakers. I don't know, but they were saying, like, oh, like, look, the, the rat children are so special. And if this is like a really big family, I wouldn't be surprised if they were telling their own kids, like, go play with Yuki. He's the special one. Go play with him. And then you, you have these kids be, so then you have Yuki listening to this and being like, you don't want to be my friend. You're only being nice to me because I'm the rat. That's why you're being nice well, to me. Well, and knowing kids, they probably said, like, well, I'm only playing with you because my mom told me to. Like, right. Or, like, right. something like that. Or just they're like, oh, I'm playing with you because you're the rat. Or blah. And it's like, so it's just, again, back to this, like, nature-nurture thing. It's like this poor guy. Like, this this is not a healthy environment for him to be raised in. And now look how look how messed up this family has made him and how the cis society has made him in general because the schools also failed him. And it's, like, interesting because you'd think, like, he's, like, in the position, like, usually he's, like, his character is usually the one that's, like, either he's, like, evil because he's too perfect or he's, like, like, he's, he's, like, unsympathetic. Usually that character, the prince type character is, like, rarely sympathetic. But then it's, like, no, but he's super, he's, like, if anything, of all of them, he's the one who's, like, internally suffering and is, like, just always, like, like keeps it to himself and I'm just like you need a hug you need a he hug he needs a therapist that's true he needs a therapist yes. Yes. So that's a better thing suffering. very true and a you hug is more temporary <laughs> um also some a side note uh, and to, to just wrap up the kindness talk um I really love how the show weaves in Todu's mom like just continues to have her be a presence because it's like one parents aren't often present in these type of shows parents are just in the background um and then not only that but she's such a positive force she's this single mother who like worked her butt off and like raised this amazing girl and like and just you see the reaps of like this incredible like again nurture you see what happens when in a in a with a mom who like you know maybe again she didn't finish high school like she's everything worked against her and she like she's she's like this like Per, like it's she's the perfect parent and she and it wasn't easy and we see like the reaps of like we see the 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 positive like the her amazing parenting created this amazing person who's impacting people in, a, in an amazing way and it's just like to kind of parallel yeah. the the abusive cycle we have the non-abusive cycle and it's just like really nice to see how like that basically them about to crash into each other and see who comes out victorious it's like- that's a really good point. And I also want to jump off you saying like the nurture. I think that's a that's a really helpful thing to bring up too because um Toru's mom like her talk 
about kindness is all about nurture, right? She says, like, yeah. nobody's born kind. People are born selfish as babies who want food and, like, things. And everyone learns how to be kind in a way that's very tailored to their own specific character and you you develop that as an actual skill and I really like that because like I know like it's the same as saying like an artist is really talented or something like you by doing that you kind of dismiss all the work that goes into like honing those skills and getting good nobody's born an artist and nobody's born kind and to just say somebody's just happens to be like totally like just saying like oh totally was just always that way i could never be like that i mean yeah you could apparently like you just you gotta find your own version of kindness and i just like i actually just think that's really cool like again the the food for thought yeah it's a choice and you you can figure it out later like everyone kind of has their own path and some people are slower probably like yo but (laughs) everyone can get there that's like very optimistic but like actually makes sense and seems very likely and that's a super nurture thing so I I like it but I also like that it's not like naive like she's not telling her everyone thinks like everyone thinks she's like most people think most people doubt kindness. She even told her up front. She's like, at this yeah. little girl, very young, in front of, like, her father's grave, she was like, look, most people doubt kindness. Like, she's giving it to her, like, straight. And she's like, but I, you're not that person. You are going to believe in kindness. Like, I want you to be the person who does believe in kindness and the good of humanity. And I'm just like, like, one, I was like, girl, she's very young. You're dropping these truth yeah, bombs. Yeah, I know. Damn. <laughs> But also, like, it's, but it's true. Like, it's like, I don't know. I was just like, I, I like how, again, once again, we see, like, earnestness does not mean naiveness. Like, mm-hmm. I, I like that. Um, also, a side note, like, did they have to talk through the typhoon? I'm like, girl, you need to go inside and have this discussion. <laughs> the only I saw that note in your outline. That's like, yo, it's a good that's a good point. That's true. Yuki doesn't open up that often except every episode, but still, <laughs> maybe the, the typhoon, his, his, being that close to his secret base plant garden was, like, enough to make him truly spill the beans on how he felt inside. Oh, my God. I know how to break this down. Okay, so the plants, the vegetables, they are the fruits of labor, right? So they, oh, they represent, okay. like, your roots. They represent, like, the <laughs> earth, the positive pr- products of earth and the kindness when you nurture something well and it produces is it then you have the typhoon which represents like this emotional turmoil <laughs> okay you're selling me like uh, how I'm do just, i get 20 now let's make this an essay academic <laughs> one i'm just saying that the typhoon represents the turmoil and then when does he smile when the sun comes out is when he gets his true smile nature <laughs> and nurture working together to show the internal struggles of yuki i solved it you're okay, welcome so we all need yeah, your en- enthusiasm alone has like sold me on that making sense yeah. <laughs> i'm, I'm so totally okay. sold yeah. Yeah. Amazing, amazing. Okay, well, let's focus on on Toru for a second because there is something very pivotal here where it's just like she, they're like, she's there to see, again, once again, we're showing that she's very emotionally intelligent. She's like very mature and she's able to see, she's able to, she's very good at reading people. She's able to figure out 
that Yuki is bottling up his feelings and she offers to listen. She can tell that Yuki and um, Kyo and people in general, like the whole like plums on their back analogy, like that entire thing, like it took me when I, I, I didn't learn that until I was like 21. Like I didn't like, <laughs> like into my 20s. It took, not even, I'm still figuring it out. Like, like this, this it's like a wonderful thing, like little analogy that she has. But like, who's, who's healing you? Toru? Like, we know that Toru is like, she's so strong. And I'm just worried that we're going to get to a point where she just like breaks down. And I'm just like, because like, she's like, she, like, I'm just worried that she's just going to be like, the her only purpose is just to heal these two boys, which is fine. But I'm just like, okay, but she can't be like, Someone has to give her some support too. Like it's not fair to expect her to be super like to be the only source of healing. Am I the only one who thinks this way? No. No, I think I, I think that's very fair. I guess like I also want to consider is there something she's getting from this that she doesn't have that's different from like an emotional thing? Like maybe is it possible she's like pretty solid on that, but they're providing her like a new f- family or something like because that is the kind of thing she lacks like a place to live a support system because like i genuinely care about her Mm -hmm. because like it seems also that like the only person who ever in her life truly cared about her was her mom and her mom you know is not alive anymore and can't provide that any in to her so it i hope I hope she gets something out of all of these relationships because I would hate for her to just be like the source of like healing for everyone else. And she doesn't get anything else and, or she doesn't grow out of this either. Like, because I think she she should grow. That's a really good point. Well, and I think like, I guess if anything, like it's kind of like one of those things where like, it's almost like she's like, do as I say, but not as I do, because she has a hard time, like, recognizing her own, like, abilities and, like, what she's capable of doing as well. Like, she is an amazing friend to, like, everyone that, like, lets her be close to them, but then also she, like, doesn't let others be a friend to her. Like, for she doesn't want to be a burden. That's yeah, yeah. that's the big thing. She doesn't want to burden people, but it's like, but like, you wanted Yuki to burden his troubles on you. I know. How is it different? How is it different with your friends? Like, your friends probably would totally want would like they wouldn't have minded you living with them, but you didn't want to burden them. And now you're like, you know, so it's kind of like she's got some issues. I don't want it to be solved. Are good. Yeah. Like so, like. I don't know, like, what what, did, what does she get out of it? Like, maybe she enjoys fixing people's lives. I mean, <laughs> that's, she's a thing. Doing, that's a thing. Maybe she's doing it selfishly, like, she feels better by helping. <laughs> that's okay, insane. look, we're not going to make Toru out, out into a selfish person. <laughs> like, she said it herself. Remember, when she I was like... I don't know if that's wrong, though. Like, like is he, it wrong to be selfish for a good reason? I would say, I no, it's not wrong. Yeah, I, don't I, think mean, so. you, I think that's feel good. she needs to learn, too, because she's extremely extremely selfless and like I would I would love to see her be just like slightly more selfish and to think a little bit more of herself like it seems and this is like my only frustration with Toru because otherwise like let the record stand I love her and she (laughs) is like an incredible character but 
she, I mean, I understand like not wanting to be a burden, but like a lot of her troubles come from like her not being selfish at all. And so like the whole like living situation, like if she would have just been like slightly selfish and like less selfless, then like she wouldn't have been living in a tent. She probably would have been living with one of her friends. Um, And I mean, it's nice that this kind of worked out in the end, but at the same time, like she didn't learn a lesson from that. Like, She's still like, like, I'm sure if she had the opportunity, she'd be right back out living in the tent again because she just doesn't want to burden people. And I think that's terrible. Like, oh, oh, I think I figured it out. Oh, my God. (laughs) I feel bad saying this. This feels kind of anime, though. I think Toru's thing is like, so her job, well, her job, air quotes, is to like go into these people that need help. And help them, like, realize their fuller potential and help make their lives happier. In return, they will help her, but she will not ask for that help. And that this is how Toru can have her cake and eat it, too, as, like, an idealized person, right? Because, like, there's something, like, unsexy and, like, not really feminine. I know this is, like, BS, but, like, there's something, like, unsexy about asking for something sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, you're supposed mm-hmm. to be selfless and not want things. Toru does, is probably not going to have to ask for things because they'll want to help her because they like her because she helped both of them. Right. And so mm-hmm. she'll still get things out of it without having to ask and therefore can, like, have the whole cake. Does that make sense? Like, I feel like that might be it. Because, like, she does have a house now. She does have people looking after her. She did not ask for any of that. They kind of, like, pushed her into it because they saw that she needed help and they liked her enough to give that to her. I feel like that might be the trend that keeps going forward. And those gestures on their part are going to get bigger as they become closer. And they're like, you know what? She, like, has done a lot for me. Like, I want to do something for her. And she'll be like, no. They'll be like, no, it's happening. And that's how things will happen for her her which is like fine yeah i don't know but that's like that's kind of what i think now like i the only thing is that like like it's gonna become i guess almost predictable that at some point someone's going to take advantage of her right and like all of her i think it's akito it's totally gonna be akito yeah yeah like it's i don't remember remember. this is just me like shooting (laughs) into the darkness i don't remember this yeah. Well, I mean, it already almost kind of seems that way, too, because, like, like really, the reason why she's allowed to stay in the house with them is because of whatever, like, Akito wants. And that's probably not, yeah. like, it's not in her best interest, whatever it no. could be. And so, like, already she, like, even though it seems like it's a, a very kind gesture, it's coming out of a selfish place. Like, and it's, like... I don't know, like, if he's trying to teach them some kind of lesson, like, it's, like, manipulative, almost. Do you think at one point she'll ever go back to the tent? Do you think at one point she'll, before, like, okay, like, well, let's, 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 let's make a guess right now. Do you think (laughs) she's ever going to leave the house by her own choice? And she's, like, it's going to, she's there, like... Mm-hmm. It's going to be, it's predictable, yes. but, like, it's, like, the whole, like, no, I've stayed, I can't be here anymore yes. because I'm too much, I'm too right. big of a burden. Yeah. Oh, right. I, or, like, if she thinks somehow that's in their best interest, then yeah. she would definitely mm-hmm. leave. Yeah. 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 Like, she'll probably, like, the other thing, too, with, like, Toru's character is I feel like she would 100% blame herself for, like, the fact, because, like, 
it's going to be really hard to repair the years of damage of the relationship between Yuki and Kyo. And I feel like at some point they're probably going to like argue over her or some situation that involves her. And she's going to take it. I don't think she would necessarily take it personally, but she's going to assume that the reason why there's so much tension between them is because of her staying in the house. And then she's going to like, be like, Oh yeah, I'm going to go stay with whoever or like some, like she's going to do like the same thing that she already did where she lied to her. Who was it? Her grandpa, her great uncle. I don't know who. And was like, yeah, I'm totally staying with a friend. (laughs) JK is a 10. Like I 100% see that like happening. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. yeah, I could I could totally see that too. Or even if like there's something with like the Soma family where she obviously can't go. And so they're like, hey, you can't stay in the house because of whatever reason. Or like, we're not going to be home. Um, is there someplace you can stay? And she's going to be like, yeah, sure. I'm totally going to stay with my friends. And she's going to be in the tent. <laughs> she's, she's already uh, Googling tent stores <laughs> or tents on Amazon. Best tent yeah. to survive a, a mudslide, a landslide. <laughs> oh man i just i just want i just want her to be happy and to be okay with treating herself you know like treat yourself told you you deserve yeah. it yeah that is a good point her her being able to stand up for what she actually wants and to vocalize that i think would be a very pleasant thing for yeah. her character growth because yeah. we have not seen her do that a single time and now that it's been pointed out to me i do think that is like a thing i hope she can work on that's a big deal you shouldn't ex- i mean not that she expects things to happen indirectly without her asking but like that seems to be the only way a thing would at this point because she yeah. hasn't asked for anything yeah i think yeah. she'd be able to ask for things that she wants or she has yeah. asked for one thing she has asked for one thing don't what forget that when the the possibility of being mind wiped happened, she was that's like, "I want true. you to promise me to still be your. Fr- I want you to still be my friend." <laughs> oh, she asked for true. one thing. That's one true. thing. But I feel like that's it's true. also. I, see, I I want that to be a selfish thing, like for her to ask. But I feel like she probably asked it for thing. more so of the benefit of Yuki. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, I feel that. Like I know you're the prince. But I also noticed that you don't have a lot of friends. So please still try to be friends with me because I'll be your friend back as I've already shown you. Yeah, yeah, totally. I see that too. Yeah, that that also could be read as a selfless thing. God dang it, Yugi. I mean, Toto, you're too selfless. I know. Um, She needs to – look, we need to just (laughs) – like, as much as I hate, like, one of those episodes where, like, they go shopping, like, I really just want them to, like, go shopping. And she's like, oh, look at those shoes. And they're like, buy the shoes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, get her so simple that she does Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't want I don't want it to be like she says oh I like those shoes and then later they surprise her with the shoes no I I'm want her so them telling her no to you buy her buy own those shoes. shoes or for her to sit there yeah. and be like even if it's one of those situations where like she's like oh I don't know if I can afford them and then like whoever she's with is just like mm, I've done the math and yes you can't afford them go buy those shoes <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm awesome. just assuming their yeah. shoes I feel like that's something very like I don't know, like, very, like, anime-esque that a character yeah. would want. Yeah. Be- yeah. <laughs> totally, totally. Okay, well, let's move on. We did get a couple new characters introduced this episode <gasps> that we don't know much about. There's the foreigner, which is hilarious. Yeah. He's that was so Herman. funny. 
the minute he opened his mouth and said, like, I don't even know, like, Danish or something, it I was like, German. It's German. It's German. German. Yes. That was amazing. And her freaking out because she, like, I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I don't speak English. It was just so funny. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, and then he, he just, like, leans in and kisses her teeth, kisses which her. is just like, also, like, how, age what how old do you think this boy is oh I mean, he looks like he's six but he's probably yeah. like okay so you think he's like an or in high school it. host club situation where he looks yeah. very young but he's actually like 32 totally oh. yeah okay. he's probably like 11 or 12 okay okay but you know okay. yeah i really loved this kind of like that was like a really great moment and a really good example of how the show uses humor to kind of make it not so heavy yeah, because if we we're just mm-hmm. constantly talking about like these poor children and their upbringing, it could be very heavy. But we have this like really great kind of like from the game, from like the first like uh, scene at the school to like this interaction with this foreigner who we're totally gonna see again because they saw the poster for the festival. Which, by the way, are we gonna like? Is the festival happening next next episode? Do you think that's like the case, or are we gonna drag this out a little more? Um, maybe I not. Oh, I hope not, because, like, I don't care that much about the festival. I know, like, <laughs> like they do in the high schools all the time, but, like, I don't think there's anything well, inherently. We're going to have to get dressed up and. Oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. we're going to see you and Kyo dressed up. Okay. Aww. That'll be exciting. And you Kyo probably, like, ha- somehow have a magical midriff, of, even though that outfit totally doesn't <laughs> Yeah. Somehow yeah, they're magical. Oh, did we see Kyo's midriff? Do we need to start midriff? Did we one? see it? I don't we know. Do if we midriff. saw it. Okay. Midriff. No, we saw it in the opening. We see it always in the opening. The opening always shows the midriff. So I feel like that was a very strategic thing for the for the show to do. They were like, "Look, some episodes we can't. We're not going to see his midriff. So we got to put it in the opening so that every week you can see it." <laughs> Okay, I appreciate that, but I want to see it more than just in the opening. So no, I agree. I agree. I just midriff watch 2019. (laughs) That's the other hashtag of the podcast, everybody. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Um, we do meet someone else very even for even a briefer moment than than the foreigner. Um, I'm saying foreigner because I don't know his name. Uh, Yeah, and um, he spoke German, so that and he spoke German, and she referred to him as a foreigner! Exclamation point. So she was so it's like. She was really excited about that. She's like, so girl, you can't understand him. <laughs> like, I don't know if it was she was excited or she was like really nervous because she didn't know how to speak, like how to communicate. She didn't know how to talk to him. Yeah, yeah. So she's like, oh god, what are you gonna tell? <laughs> what are you gonna ask him? What are you saying to me? That's what's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I feel bad for her because she's probably thinking the worst, and I blame uh, Shigure for that because he's always talking about those perverts out there. So oh, yeah. Well, no, I mean, if this is you're a little boy, I don't think she's going to be like, um, oh, you're a pervert. I think she's like, where's your mom? Which is a question I have for a lot of these kids. But, well, we only know for anyway. is dead. Toru's is dead, but, like, for a yeah. lot of... I'm like, where are the parents? Like, except for Toru, because we know that she's an orphan. Poor Toru. Um... <laughs> But let's talk about this other last-minute introduction. It's at the end of the episode. It's this girl who shows up, and she's just like, "Is like, does Kyo-chan live here? I think she says Chan. Does, like, does he live here? And it's like, ooh, do we got a love rival already before Todui can even figure out her emotions? Like, we have a love rival? Like, oh, what's about to happen? No. <laughs> you see the blushing. I actually like Kyo. 
And so I feel like she's going to be very eye-opening for us. Okay. I mean, she's do you asking think for Toru, or not for Toru. She's asking for Kyo, which, yeah. like, she's asking for Kyo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's blushing like crazy. Okay, but here's a question. Is it, she's got a stuffed is she, hat. She's a fan. Mm-hmm. I mean, but is she blushing because of Kyo? Like, because she likes Kyo? Or is it because she's just extremely shy? Because that could be it, too. I mean, the, the stuffed she's animal get, make, suggests it's for Kyo, but, like, like it could be. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both because yeah. you got to admit that's pretty like she is hiding behind bold. a tree. Like, yeah, whoa. she's like hiding behind a tree, but she's also like yeah. very boldly she's being like, like she's I heard Kyo's here. Not that I've been yeah. stalking him. <laughs> <laughs> I I hope I really hope that we like look back on the episode. We can kind of see her in the background or something. Like I know that they they probably didn't do that, but that would have been like really funny. That would have been to have someone who's actually like, behind stopping. the bushes the whole time or something. Like, oh my god, she's the visual. source for the cats. <gasps> she's like <gasps> she carries around cats just in case. Like, <laughs> she's, she's like, like go on of the show. Yeah, I feel bad. Like my memory of her character and that the other animes like totally like informed my sense of her and it was not like great. So I'm afraid, but maybe it'll be better. See, yeah. I don't have that. I don't. I don't uh, remember. You're- like, there's so I only know like <laughs> I'm trying to think. I'm like I'm trying. Like I think I know who she is, but I don't. I know. Isn't, isn't she, oh, you're gonna find out. Isn't she yeah. a relative? She's I don't so, know. She's so hot. She is. I think, I mean, we might, if she is, we'll, do, I think we definitely have seen her in the opening, which, which, like, and in the ending, the which, like, kind of shows all the somas. So it's like, yeah. So I think that's, I think that's, that's true. Maybe. We, I'm not sure. There's still a mystery. We'll, we'll find out next episode who she is. Yeah, we will. Um, all right. Let's move on to, like, this final point, which is, we got to talk about this gender stuff. We just... Two this is so confusing. Two instances where this worked out. In, okay, so here's the thing. First hint of it where I was like, uh, I might let this go, was in the very beginning with Kyo. When he was being goaded to join them, you have Uo-chan being like, oh, real man, a real man never runs away from a fight. And I'm just like, okay, this real man nonsense, like, we need, this is toxic masculinity, we need this to stop. I mean, fitting for her to, like, she, I mean, I, I which, which, which is weird, because her very existence challenges the norms of, like, women. So I'm like, <laughs> what is going on? Like, yeah. I don't understand. I mean, but also, like, I really like this kind of dynamic where she's, like, whenever, like, they fight, like, you have, like, Hana-chan being, like, oh, I love the maelstrom of, like, these waves, which I'm, like, oh, my God, they're the greatest couple. But totally. also, folk, back on to gender. Back to gender. Um, <laughs> so that was, like, really annoying. And I'm, like, did she say that because she knows that he has a complex with masculinity, well, no, so she's using it? Exactly. It. Yes, she's yeah. playing into his insecurities to go to him, and it works. She's totally using that to her advantage. Right. He, he's the tough guy, so you know, like I, I think it, I think it's not okay, but also I think it's really hilarious. So. Right. That's what, that's <laughs> why I was able to brush it off. That's why yeah. this first instance, I was like, okay, I can let this slide because clearly she's using it to goad him, and like also. He, Next time, like, he literally ends the scene with, like, 
him with a bunch of cats. And like literally like he looks like the softest thing possible. So it's like like they're showing layers to this guy. Okay, great. But then we have what Michelle kind of said earlier, which is this one line from Yuki, which is like, boys shouldn't complain like that. And also in the previous episode, we did have um, Kyo call Yuki like, like a, a like girl looking boy or something. Like he was like, you look very feminine. Like bring it on feminine boy. Like, and I'm like, "Mm, okay. And now we have Yuki going like, boys shouldn't complain like that. There is a counter Toru does, like, go, like, look, I'm happy you did open up to me because now we can get closer and whatever. And Yuki's, like, you know, the process of healing is by getting him to open up. And we see that when he opens up, he does get better. So we are being presented, like, the positive. Like, we're being shown, like, the anti-masculinity, like, toxic masculinity. Like, we're seeing the good and not leaning into these toxic masculine behaviors. But at the same time, it's, like, it's not out front like no one's ever saying you're wrong it's okay for boys to complain like that or saying like you're wrong any like real men the quote-unquote real men talk is stupid like no one's outwardly going against toxic masculinity but we are seeing like we are seeing it being challenged but we're not seeing it being uh, challenged uh, at the, at the oh. same breath. does that make sense I took it literally to be like, oh, yeah, like, boys don't complain. That's such a girl thing. I'm like, how is that? No. Everyone complains. But I think, like, what you're getting at, Beatrice, is like, so his complaining is read as, like, him opening up about his feelings and thus being more vulnerable, which is, like, a very, like, don't do that. Close off your soul to be a real man, which is, like, very, like, yeah, like, that's very much a part of toxic masculinity. That makes a lot more sense. Cause like, I literally was just like complaining. How is that? But it's not about the complaining. It's about like what the complaining means and the bigger right. picture. Like him opening up is like what he feels ashamed of. But I mean, you could also read it as that. You could also read it as him being like, oh, boy shouldn't complain. Like period. Like it could be that too. Mm-hmm. Like I read it as him being vulnerable, but I could also see that as being read that way, which isn't okay either way. Like, either, like, it's not, it shouldn't be this gender thing. It's all, like, it's a, both ways are still, like, promoting toxic masculinity, and it's not good. But, um. I think, I think the other thing, too, is, I don't, I wonder if it's something that, like, again, was, like, instilled in Yuki kind of situation. Like, maybe it wasn't supposed to necessarily be boys shouldn't complain like that. But maybe just, like, I sh- I shouldn't complain like that. Like, I think if they would have just switched that word out, it would have been a lot better. But, no, I think I think that's, I, I don't know. Now that I'm, like, thinking about it, I'm like, eh, I'm a little uncomfortable. No, I, I, I get you, though, because <laughs> if they if said I shouldn't, then the emphasis would be on, like, oh, like, that's, like, an immature thing to do. Right, and I'm right. so composed on all the time but the boy thing i think works because like he is a boy and he was socialized as a boy in japan so Mm -hmm. it's not unlikely that he would say you know boys shouldn't do that and it's great that toru's kind of like dissolving that mentality in 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 addition to all the other things she's doing like yeah man there's not one way to be a boy Hey, look! I still like you. Maybe but she doesn't say more. that. No, not she not directly. Which that, is, yeah. I think, is the best thing maybe for where she is in her relationship with him right now. Because they're still right. like early stages, getting to know each other, right? Yeah. Like, I don't even know how much she's told him directly about her whole situation. Nothing. I feel like she's he secretly a murderer. Yeah. So like, kill everyone. 
<laughs> I get that she didn't like kind of like go right into the meat of like, hey, like gender stuff's dumb, don't do that. But like she still was able to disarm that side of it and make progress. So I feel like, yay, it's still reshaping his yeah, yeah. brain thoughts. That's yeah. good. I think I'm yeah. I'm le- like I'm upset about it, but I'm less upset because we're still, like, we're trying to sort of break it. Even though we're not, like, being, like, anyone can complain, like, and we're not, like, overtly saying that. But I think the fact that, like, we're sort of countering it is fine. Like, it's better than not countering it instead of Toro being like, yeah, um, boys shouldn't really complain like that. That's a girl thing. Like, you stop that. (laughs) That's the thing. I I don't think she'd ever, like, say, like, I don't think, I I agree, but I'm just saying, like, we're seeing, we're seeing, like, I'm just, like, worried that, because, like, I I just, like, I'm just worried that the the time this was written is going to start showing a little bit because again like the whole like you know feminism turning into like a positive word wasn't really a thing until recently like the past what six years and that's over here um so it's like so it's kind of like i'm 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 giving it the benefit of the doubt but that's not going to stop me from rolling my eyes every time i do see it yeah because it's like like, oh yeah yeah you know we are i mean she is like fight she does counter it just yeah. not overtly. And yeah. I'm like, if we can just continue to like fight it and like if if we if we stop hearing this like nonsense early on, then like yeah. and then by the end they don't that's not a thing, that would be great. Because again, we also like this isn't the first time we've heard about like toxic masculinity as stuff. Before we did hear in the first episode episode with Shigure. Now with Shigure, it's like, okay, well, he's the traditionalist. So it's like, okay, so it makes sense for him to say it, but it's like Okay, okay, like, and he's often treated as, like, you know, a dog, quote-unquote, as if, that like, he's always interested in getting girls. <laughs> so it's, like, yes. so I'm, like, so I'm, like, okay, his character is saying it, and then we're seeing so, like, I don't know, I'm, like, okay, like, if every other character is also, if every other male character is going to also, like, have toxic masculinity issues, I'm, like, this is not an in a, a problem, this is, like, this isn't, not, not that it's not a problem, this isn't, like, an individual problem with one character specifically and it's like in character but this is like a this is a systemic like cultural problem that we're dealing with this with this story that that it is present and we do need to reference it that it is there that we are like we we're challenging it but are we actually seeing any change coming from it i feel like right now it's still a little too soon to yeah say the other thing that's gonna be hard with it is that um we have this whole thing where, like, if they hug the other sex, then they transform into their animals. So I feel like that whole um, unfortunate situation isn't going to help anything either. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, how else to keep, like, the boys separated from the girls than by placing, yeah. like, those very harsh stereotypes um and walls between them like you know what I mean like like you're a girl like you're meant to be very like meek and like you know all of that and like you're a guy you're not supposed to have feelings like suck it up especially given like the somo dynamic as we've had it so far like the boys having to go to all male schools and I'm sure the girls have to go through the same thing because we already know like that there are female mm-hmm. members of the Zodiac. Right. Um, and so 
like they're probably at all girls schools having to like go through like those same like traditional state like stereotypes and roles and things like that and which makes it even like I feel worse for the girls almost because like they're you know girls are taught to be like at the service of men especially like very traditionally so and like that's really hard if every time your man touches you you turn into whatever animal so I feel like it's it's gonna be even more like it's just a very suppressive like environment i think that doesn't help with those um like those gender like normalities and stuff like that oh my god are we about to see are we about to see what happens when uh (laughs) when they become gay no 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 that no i was about to suggest are we about to see what happens in a in 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 a what happens when guys who have been isolated from like women and femininity and all this stuff are we about to see what happens when when femininity starts being like mixed into masculinity and how it destroys the toxicity of it through todu coming in does that make sense am i making sense well i think so i mean like we're already seeing it happen like this is what happens when you have the presence of like the like the feminine side of like okay like you have just having like like, the presence of someone who's accepting like yeah and i think that's Mm. a lot i think it's more so that like she's not introducing femininity but she's like offering that accepting presence so like like coded as like right. a feminine so trait, right? Right. Yeah, and, and it's also not going to be overt, like with the conversation about like boys shouldn't complain like that. But but her accepting the fact that he did, and like her not, I guess, challenging it is like is going to be huge for any one of those family members for sure. Um, and then like I like I can't wait to see like if there are because I mean if you have boys in a boys like all boy environment like that also makes sense why like Kyo's presented very um, I guess like aggressively because again that's another like male stereotype is to be aggressive and so at least like he's aggressive like uh, towards other guys and not like just everyone I don't know but well, he is <laughs> he's aggressive. He is aggressive towards other people but like he's, he's, an he's figured boy. it out like <laughs> yeah slowly but surely like I mean yeah I mean we are seeing we are seeing uh, the show is offering us a lot of counters to like gender roles like again Uo-chan just her existence like as she's going up she's going against like this like how women are portrayed and then you have and then you have like for instance again Yuki was called by Kyo as like the more feminine like a feminine boy and yet he's the one who always wins in the fight yeah exactly that's how he can like maintain his like well he's still really good at fighting so like he's definitely still man like is it outward to say that but like it shows you that just because he does defeat kyo every time so but it's not even to prove his his manliness it's more like okay we'll see like just like just because you're feminine that doesn't exclude like it's not like these things count it's not that these things cancel each other out so and then for instance you have Toru who is like the strongest one of them all maybe not physically but like mentally emotionally she's the strongest one of them all but she's also the most nurturing so we have this kind of like like we are showing characters that are constantly like going against the grain of what these gender norms are being or like telling us we are does that make sense oh my gosh this is no, totally, yeah, totally. i think me... it's a good reading yeah i think so too and it's totally making me think of like the steven universe episode 
where they like where Steven's like obsessed with like being strong after he sees um oh gosh I can't think of her oh, Pearl yeah and Pearl like yes. has the whole like song about being strong in a different way it, uh, this like 100% made me think of that <laughs> yeah yeah so it's like again like it's we I, I like we are seeing the things the things are being said don't match the things that we're being shown yeah like That's we're being true. shown pretty like we're pretty we're sh- being shown like con complex like not like multifaceted people and it's not so clear cut but that doesn't take away the fact that what is being said is sometimes slightly problematic um but it's but you know i i'm in this in this aspect it's just something we'll we'll be talking about more if we see more of it um but, but yeah, that just does make me feel better about it because, like, the real work is showing what's actually happening right. is true versus yeah. what people just happen to say, which is disproven with what we're actually shown too, right? Like, if if that's the path that the show continues down, even if it does say dumb gender stuff like that, like, I'll I'll feel a lot better knowing, like, well, at least like that's probably not what we're gonna actually see and where the show's like actual like intentionality is which right. for i don't did this come out like did the manga get written in the 90s if so like i'd say at this it, point it, well, it wrote in the it was written in the early 2000s mm-hmm. but i okay. also want to remind people like sailor moon was in the 90s revolutionary yeah. girl utena was in the 90s so, utena, Evangelion yeah, was in the 90s like <laughs> yeah. all these things that are like true. challenging generals already had happened by the time this was written and like created so there's also that keep that in mind like don't like it's not just yeah. like ha- it's not just like, oh, it's Japan. It's like, no, give Japan a bit more credit. We've seen some culturally important things already happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so just keeping that out there, putting that out there. Yeah. But well, that's um, but um but yeah, so I think that does it for for this discussion. Is there anything you kinda wanna add? Like something you hope to see in the next episode? Something like any last minute thoughts before you close off? <laughs> this is a really <laughs> selfish one, and it's probably not going to come true. But I really want to see the cow because he's my favorite. Aww. he's the hottest. Like, objective. is he a cow? I thought he was an ox. <laughs> is he? An oh, ox? Is he? I, thought I thought it was, was a cow. I thought oh, the zodiac sign was an ox. He has to be an ox, huh? Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, granted, yeah, there is that. I mean, there is that. But I was just thinking, like, I don't know if it's the year of the cow or the year of the ox. I don't know what the official name for it is. Like, Maybe for instance, he... it's not the year of the chicken. It's the year of the rooster. rooster. Right. So it's kind of like, oh my god, is who's the? I don't remember who the rooster is. I don't remember. Is there? Like, an this is, I'm invested because rooster. I'm the year like, of the rooster. You know- so I'm like. I'm just saying, I get to better not be the rooster because I don't remember who the rooster is, and that is not acceptable. I'm excited for. I know it's not going to happen next episode, but I'm excited for the person who is the year of the snake. I don't remember I the person. Who that snake. person even is? So. <gasps> it's one of my favorite. <laughs> See, like I don't remember who. I again, I remember very few. I only remember one, one, one character who's like I love her. Anyway, um, let's. That, I think I know who you're thinking of, and I'm excited I for mean, her too. I, I, I don't know if you do. I mean, we'll see. We'll we'll talk about it. Like, we'll talk about it. Yeah. Anyway, um, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're getting ahead um, of ourselves. I'm super episode, excited. I hope we see the culture festival. Yeah, Let's I want get that dressed up. Well, get it that <laughs> I just want I just want the foreigner back. I want him to come back. I want the German, German boy to come back and like to make his presence known and then have all this. Like, I just I need it to happen. We're not gonna get that. We're gonna get that little girl. May- no, we're probably gonna get God. her. I think we're gonna get both. Uh, oh, no, yeah, we probably. 
they are gonna get bulls and they're gonna that run into each other because and, we we like yeah. first see them in the same episode so it would make sense that we're introduced to them in the same episode or yeah you know yeah, what i'm trying yeah. to say <laughs> formally introduced yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah okay all right that does it for us. You can find out all the info on this podcast at OverlyAnimated.com. You can join us on Discord to text chat about animation at OverlyAnimated.com slash Discord. You can support us via Patreon at Patreon.com slash OverlyAnimated. Thanks to all our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Dr. Cabbagehead. And thanks, as always, to our Patreon executive producers, Ryan, Steve, Alex, Beatrice, Hugh, and Michael. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.